Our reading today is from the second book of Corinthians, so 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning at verse 22. So 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 22, and you'll find that in your pew Bibles on page 1166. This is Paul talking about his sufferings. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. In danger in the, in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. Thank you for the honour there, Nick, to be here. It is an honour. Uh, this is the last couple of goodbyes that we have. Uh, we're at our home church next week and uh, we've got the prayer breakfast on Friday and a few more but it's a fond and happy farewell to Bishop Annington this morning. 27 years, I can't believe it. I wanted to, to look at this passage this morning because uh, as many of you know as an itinerant preacher I don't like just nabbing bits and pieces out the Bible. I like to go through books Hey, and, and I've been going through uh, the Corinth letters and Paul is that frustrated, the apostle, and uh, they've said, he's loved them so much and they've said to him, look, Paul, you haven't got the credentials, you're not well learned, you're not a real apostle, and now they're saying he doesn't even charge for his works, and he says, okay, that's enough now. I've got a few credentials I want you to hear and that was why I picked this passage because I could just tie it up to, to some of the incredible things that I've seen God, not much in me, but God is a big God. That's what Paul is saying. So I've looked at this passage and it's a bit of our biography and I wanted to choose it because I want to give a bit of my biography. Leading a Christian ministry in Brighton O for the last 30 years, I suppose it's 30 years if you include the time I was the church slave here, and that's what they used to call it, the church slave, and 40 years as missionaries here. I wanted to give you a quick overview. 
I'm being asked left, right and centre by people, Paul, when are you going to write the book? The title of this morning is Why I Will Not Be Writing a Book. Uh, People overall do not want to hear the full story about Christian ministry. I, I don't like the biographies, Christian biographies, like I used to. I used to just go through one another. I just finished a book by a man called Lauren Cunningham, just passed away, and about the start of a group called Youth with a Mission. And he was talking about how he got this boat and how somebody, you know, he was in the line and somebody was queuing up with him and he was praying and he knew he needed a million pound for this, a million dollars for this ship. And he come to just two, he had no money to pay for it. He come to two people and somebody turned around and said, I believe God is saying this million pound is for you. Well, I've never seen that. I was so discouraged by it. But there was a little asterisk. I had to wait until I got to the end of the book to read the asterisk. And it was Lauren's wife saying, what Lauren didn't tell you was the stress put him in hospital for two weeks waiting for that money. Now that's reality. That is my journey. It's been very, very difficult. And I'm so pleased that the Bible is so honest, aren't you? (laughs) So many misfits, so many failures. A few Sundays back, I was in a church, and I won't tell you where it was, but it's not. Not too far from here, but I love them in the Lord. And they were singing, make us like the early church, Lord. Make us like the early church. And I'm thinking, thank you, Lord, that I weren't part of the early church. Man, they went through battles. Many of them signed up to Jesus and was dead within three years. So many of them died such horrendous death. The early church struggled. It was in a mess. Then this church sang a song, I never want to hear it again, and it went like this. Oh, to be like the Apostle Paul, breaking out of prisons and trampling on the snakes. Well, it's true he did do that, but it's a half-truth again. We heard earlier that the Apostle Paul, what a life, what a journey. I asked him, was this the Apostle Paul you're talking about who Nero chopped his head off? who felt totally abandoned at time, misunderstood by so many, especially remembered for his mistakes, his terrible mistake of stoning Stephen. The Apostle Paul, they really want to be like that. Well, 2 Corinthians 11 is a chapter by Paul, a chapter of frustration, really. The Christian walk, my friends, is about ups and downs. Wendy and I was called to missionaries, and what a journey. I was working for this church 28 years ago, and right next door, all the relevant agencies come from the city. They were all there. I had to go because I was the church slave, putting out all of the kind of chairs. There was Alex and Ian there, and and they they were the leaders at the time, and, and, and the council come, and all the relevant agencies And they all got together and they said, look, there's so many people dying on the streets. There there are so many schools that need help. And, And the man that was in charge of the council said, isn't it time 
you got off the fence, all you churches. It was a new kind of initiative where the council met with the churches. And he said, isn't it time that you got off the fence and done something about it? Well, Alex Ross stood up and he says, I don't know what we're going to do, but Paul Young's going to do something. I thought, that's nice. <laughs> Could have asked me first. And he only said, look, we'll do an afternoon or we'll do an evening and we'll do something for the homeless. Uh, and that's how we started, tiny. We started small, me and a few volunteers on the street, but we invested a lot of time talking and planning and working alongside the agencies. And finally, we launched Off the Fence in 1997. We launched it. One of the reasons we had to launch it was because there was an early load of Millennium Bibles. You remember them, Millennium Bibles? Every household will get a Millennium Bible. So, so they printed some wrong. We thought they printed some wrong, but it, there were 30,000 that they printed wrong. It just had the front cover that was a wrong colour. So, so here we were, and we thought, oh, yeah, we'll do it from Bishop Annington. Then the bishop started saying... Oh, you know, this is a real worry. But we knocked on the doors and, and started the work and off the fence moved and we started. £3,000 budget, remember that, Steve Funnel? We turn over £1 million today, 27 paid staff. And we are impacting the city. But we started as a seed and as a desire to simply make Christ known. We'd done our homework, though. And not only did we preach the gospel, we showed the gospel. I don't know how many tens of thousands we impacted, but I know this. Jesus' name has been lifted up through the ministry of Off the Fence. We were told we'd never get into the schools and talk about Jesus. You spend some time with Lizzie Dimitrio. We're pushing the schools away. There are so many children that week in, week in, hear about Jesus Christ and what he's done. What a team we've got there. We were told that the council was anti-Christian. They'll not listen to us. We've been the mayor's charity for five times. Patrons from all the relevant parties. MPs, like Peter Kyle is a patron and a friend within the council. We have many, many friends. We got to say things in the council that we could have never said before, but we were out there. We got to number 10 twice. We got to the Buckingham Palace twice, honoured by Brighton and Ove Albion as the most inspirational charity. Not us, never us. But Jesus Christ and all was Jesus Christ. And every week, if you look for it, you can see miracles take place at Off the Fence. Hungry are fed, thirsty are watered, homeless are housed, lonely have a community, sick healed, lost found, and the list goes on and on. 27 years, Off the Fence has seen miracles. If you choose to see them, it's an incredible place to see. But that's not the full story. As I said, I'm being asked to write the book and say things about it. 
It's not me, not me. Because I've always thought I was the wrong person for the wrong job. My upbringing, my ADHD, my moodiness, my impatience. I'm not a natural charity man. I'm not that nice, really. My past and the way I was wired up had a profound effect on the work of off the fence. I've not the spirit of being nice. That's why I never went into to Christian ministry. That's why I never really went into the pastorate. Too moody, wife will tell you that. Sorry, Wendy. My dad died of stress and alcohol and tension. My granddad, who brought me up, he was a product of the First World War and threw himself under the fast train at Portslade Station. My teenage years was one of screaming in my head and trouble. When I started the door work, especially down the Holy Cross area, so many knew who my family was. It's a tough place, you know, doing evangelism in your own area. I actually found out I, I was christened down at Holy Cross as a baby. I don't know why they've done it. But everybody said, we remember your christening party. Your dad was in hospital with alcohol poisoning for three days. I wonder how many times the Apostle Paul asked God, why did you allow me to do all those things in the past? He helped put Stephen to death, we're told. He had a terrible campaign of tyranny to the early church. And some of them never forgot it and they mistrusted him throughout for the things he had done and the way he had lived. Word had spread and especially once Paul had got to Corinth, they knew, they knew who he was and they never did trust him fully. That's why he gave the credentials in this passage. And later on he says, well actually as Jesus did, a prophet's not honoured within his own area. It's very tough to preach amongst their own people. The Apostle Paul, he found it very, very tough. Me and my past also, I found it very tough. I certainly felt the wrong man for the wrong place. It was brutal for a long period, but I was stubborn. Oh, I had that. I needed to be. Off the fence took 20 years to become an overnight success. But those early years were tough. When I left the pulpit for the street, it was brutal. All oh, the doubters. Me and Wendy was reading just the other day about Nehemiah. Little aside here, Nick, don't worry. Little, you know, I was reading. God chose somebody who looked after the king and poured in wine to rebuild walls. Would, would you not? pick somebody who was a bricklayer or an architect, not, not God, he chose Nehemiah. Nehemiah got to the place and people said, who gave you permission? It was from the tribe of Ono they come. Free question, who gave you permission? It will never last, so why start? Who is going to pay for it? It's exactly the same things that people said about off the fence. Church is full of people from the tribe of Oh No. Oh no, it's never going to last, Paul. Oh no, who gave you permission? Oh no, who's going to pay for it? How much is your budget? Strangely enough, so many of them people that were so anti of seeing God work again and again and again that are now behind us and now love us and are part of us. 
but we continued. You know, so many nasty letters when we first started. If I would have kept them, they would have been thicker than Kelvin's commentaries. I mean, so much. But our first task as off the fence was to get people into the church that normally wouldn't come. I remember the first time I bought the homeless here. I knew I was in trouble when some of them lit up right at the beginning. Oh, I, I remember when I bought the cross dressers here for a Christmas service. Lord, some of, some of them had never forgiven me since. Yeah, Bishop Hannington was big and strong enough. And to start a night shelter here, God done some amazing work. And to start off with, we were told, only Catholics do that. Not evangelical Christians. We're just the word, but God moved. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, I had coffee with the leader of the council. And he said, if you took the Christians helping with homelessness over the years out of the city, it would be a, a terrible, terrible state. God moved in the churches and many a churches have done great things. What a journey, though. The cross-dressers, the ex-addicts, all needed to come to the foot of the cross and then start getting cleaned up. And the miracles begin together. My full journey started, really, yeah, with the old man that knocked on my door. That was the first with the church. And I went along for a number of years and I heard about it, but I never could conceive how this person, Jesus, this person, Jesus, could, could die for me or, or what it all meant. But on a missionary boat, there down in Shoreham Harbour, one of the Operation Mobilisation ships come in and they allowed me on. That's a miracle in itself. That's a story in itself. But one day my perspective changed radically. One of my main jobs was in a leper colony, burying the children. Famine, lack of water, lack of food. But OM taught me a living Christianity that gets your hands dirty. My life changed forever when I heard a tape of the fatherhood of God. But I learned from that bow a practical Christianity Perhaps we cannot help everybody, but everyone can help someone. The task was and remains that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I'm signed up. I got a new perspective on that missionary boat. But I thought every Christian read through the Bible each year. I thought every Christian spent nights of prayer. I thought every Christian sacrificed everything to make Christ known. Wow, was I in for a shock. No, I didn't fit into much. But mission work showed us a working Christianity. The ordinary people were allowed to make mistakes and give it a go. There is no excuse why a terrific church like Bishop Hannington can't turn round Brighton and Hove for him. A living Christianity just needs action. It needs getting your hands dirty. Everyday, ordinary people willing to serve the community. I learned in the mess, it's there. 
the extraordinary starts. So Wendy and I came back to Brighton, this city. Yes, it was in a major mess, but we started something that was just simply this. It was a set of wheels for people to come on board and to give it a go. That's what off the fence is. To make Christ known as best we can. To allow the church to keep the main thing, the main thing, preach and teach the word while we're out there and inviting people along to make it live. We worked very hard bringing the plans and searching what was truly needed. Of course, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. I have so many people come to me and say, oh, we'd love your job now, Paul. Really? You would? I remember the day when I was listening to the radio and all of a sudden they said, there's a double-decker bus that's taken two lanes of the main road and two mile, two mile kind of backed up all the traffic. I was just listening, thinking, oh dear, that's bad. And then they said, there's a big lighthouse on it. And it says, God's love in action. I thought, oh, that's our bus. That's our bus. And I remember then making sure I was well in and away. If my team took it out, they need to sort on it. Me and Wendy are watching Crime Watch. Yeah, we're watching Crime Watch. Uh, and in one of the uh, shops down in Port Slade, we suddenly saw this great big van with God's love in action on it. I thought, oh, that was one of our, one of our vans that was stolen and now it's in the shop front. George Verr was coached. George Verr were founded OM. He gave us a coach for homeless to sleep on. It was in Australia. Nobody told us until my old mum said, sorry about your bus being burnt down. Hove Carnival. You might remember this, Steve. Oh, we put up Hove Carnival. The marquee flying away. Oh, my goodness, what a battle. Project Phone Home never really took off. 007, the bond money. Oh, I remember the misinformation, the loneliness times. We had so little money trying to make a decision of who would get a sleeping bag and who does not fit, uh, who does not get one because we haven't got enough resources. Those bitter nights. Friends would not talk to us. Some would cross the road. I've been accused of almost everything under the sun. Even going to Bible college on false pretenses because I never went into the Anglican ministry. My time with OM questioned, my time at Bible college questioned, my ordination questioned. If you still question it, Rodney's here, he done it. I mean, you'll be able to talk to him. Oh, the money off the fence was promised. The campaigns done in our name that we never saw a penny. The millions promised the false articles. We have been too evangelical, too conservative, too charismatic, all parachurch, we don't support them. The heartbreaks, we've been robbed that many times, the backstabbings. Nights I went out and thought I would die of cold on the streets. The sights I would never forget. I remember doing a funeral for a young girl there was one person at the funeral and a dog. She died underneath the pier. And I'd done a little service there. 
One lady was there and I went and I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that your daughter died. She said, she's not my daughter. I'm here to look after the dog. I'm the RSPCA. Some terrible things. The hours that broke my body and spirit at times. The waste and the corruption and scandals in the city. So many terrible stories week in, week out. Mentors that fell along the way. So many funerals. Never good enough. Never right. People needed more and more to simply stay alive. The complaints. Every time we started a new project. Charities have written major articles how they started Project Antifreeze. The illnesses of both Wendy and I, the battles of finance, the suicides and the deaths. Wow. It takes a toll. The list is endless. Yet Jesus remains on that throne. No, it's not pretty, but it's vital and needed to get things done. And God moves in the mess. Jesus never promised the pretty. In fact, he said, come carry a cross, forsake all and follow me. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage. Do you know, so much religion is so boring, isn't it? I've never joined a PCC. Bless you if you're on him. Not, not for Paul Young. Oh, my board meetings. Oh, No, I don't like biographies. Too many nice bits. Doesn't relate to my walk with Jesus. It does not relate to our journey. The work is often a mess. But I'll tell you this as I finish. The council doesn't have the money to fix the problem. The parliaments do not have the, the answers to your questions and how they're going to sort out the needs. You're going to get loads of it. Only God's church can do the impossible and impact the cities. If we act, Jesus still sits on the throne. If our heart is right and if we care enough and if we act, change takes place. God does the impossible. I've witnessed it on a weekly basis. You want to see miracles, you've got to go where miracles are needed. Did it make sense? No, it didn't make sense. A lot of what we've done didn't make sense, but asking Noah to build a boat when they've never seen water or the rain come down didn't make sense. Was it perfect? No, there's not a Bible character that's perfect in the Bible apart from Jesus. You think, oh, yeah, there's Solomon, brilliant man, wonderful man, 700 wives, 300 concubines, Split the kingdom over taxes. All the early fathers, let's get teary-eyed. Well, Abraham, the father of the nations, he told the people, well, his wife was his sister and got into terrible problems. David, you know the problems with David. Jacob the twister, how's he get onto the early fathers? Elijah, oh, look at the nation. Save the nation from idolatry, then asking God in solitary, please kill me. Nothing but God is perfect, friends. Off the fence has seen so many miracles, so many lives changed for good, so many lives saved. The city has been impacted because of Jesus and only Jesus. And church can turn the city round. Well, the future for off the fence... 
I've handed it over to my successor, Julio. He is God's man. Please back him. Me and my wife want to finish well and hand over the ministry well. I know it's going to go from strength to strength. The plans are mighty. I've never wanted to put off the fence into danger and get into founder syndrome, you know, I'll be here until the wheelchair. Nothing worse than all the way it was. It's always been done this way. It's a killer. It's a killer. Give young people the chance to make the mistakes. There's so many things still to be done. So Paul Young, Wendy Young, signing off. Thank you for joining us and tackling us, to helping us tackle social and spiritual poverty. And just as the Apostle Paul learned, I finish with this. I pray that you and I will know it till the last breath. Bishop Hannington, Jesus Christ, and the Apostle Paul sums it up in Romans. He is above all things, beneath all things, outside all things, inside all things. He is above all, but he's not pushed up. He is beneath all, but he's not pressed down. He is outside, but he's not excluded. He is inside, but he's not confined. He is present, embracing, sustaining, and filling in all the things everywhere. He contains all and is bigger than all things. And he is intimately passionate about you and your welfare. Your life is a jewel box that carries around the divine God. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's a Christmas story. God in us. It doesn't get any better than that, my friends. But the task remains that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Thank you so much for being part of our story and bless you.